0: The show you love with even more local news and more local reaction. The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome to this Monday afternoon here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. And a lot to converse about as we get this week started. By the way, uh, some welcome precipitation seen this morning here in California's Central Valley. Glad to see that right now in your clandestine studios in Stanislaus County. The skies are uh, blue with uh, a few clouds, so it doesn't look rainy at the moment, but we were happy to see that rain earlier today. Well, welcome as, as well to, and I'll put my pastor's hat on here just for a moment, to Holy Week leading up to uh, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and of course, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday coming up uh, this Sunday. Believe Can you believe we're already at Easter Sunday? By the way, those of you who have a tradition of attending Easter sunrise services, I want to invite you to join me I'll be uh, delivering the main message at the Easter Sunrise Service at Lakewood Memorial Park. Uh, that's in Houston. That'll be this Sunday. Uh, the gates open at 6 in the morning, and we get underway by 6.30. I've uh, been privileged to be part of that for several years now. Beautiful time as, <clears throat> as you watch the sun Uh, rise over that amphitheater, it really is just a a, a wonderful time together. Anyway, if uh, you do have a tradition of attending Easter sunrise services, I invite you to join me there this coming Sunday. A couple of uh, notes over the weekend, and then I want to get right to a big story today, the White House having a press conference this morning where they took aim, no pun intended, at ghost guns and also introduced... Uh, President Biden's nominee for the director of ATF, Steve Dettelbach, and we'll get to that in in just a moment. Uh, Two quick notes. Uh, Congratulations over the weekend to Scotty Scheffler. He wins the 2022 Masters, first major win of his career, only age 25. And he joins a very short list of people uh, who were age 25 or younger to win the Masters. Uh, uh, Jordan Spieth in uh, 2015, Tiger Woods twice, 97 in 2001, 25 or under. Anyway, so uh, Scotty now has uh, $17.6 million in earnings. And he's got the green jacket and a number one ranking in the world. Pretty good for a 25-year-old. Elon Musk, uh, you may have heard about this, <clears throat> you know that he had uh, purchased nine some odd percent of uh, Twitter, and uh, he was invited to join the board of directors. The deal was, though, that he could not purchase more than 14.9 percent of Twitter's stock and would not take over the company. Well, uh, in the interim apparently after cogitating over that deal Elon Musk says no thanks no thanks i don't want to be on the board of directors and uh, i will hold my options open so apparently he's now free to uh, well, to assume as many shares as he can afford of twitter <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how that transpires over time and and how it affects twitter All right, let's talk about what happened at the White House earlier this morning. Uh, There was a press conference at which uh, the new nominee for the uh, ATF was revealed by President Biden, that nominee Steve Dettelbach. And uh, there's... uh, So I'm going to play a few uh, few clips from that, and then we're going to get into who he is, what we know about him, and also the content of the, the... I would say the major part of that press conference was aimed at getting ghost guns off the street and also making gun manufacturers the target uh, in case anyone uses a gun in an inappropriate way, which we know will happen and gives us some uh, suspicions as to what's really behind that uh, that strategy. Let's, uh, let's go first to President Biden, and I would say this is probably the sum and substance of why he held the pro- press conference today and what he wants to do with his uh, proposal about ghost guns.
2: If somebody sells a ghost gun to a federally licensed dealer, for example, a pawn shop, that dealer must make the firearm and mark it with a serial number before reselling it. All of a sudden, it's no longer a ghost. It has a return address. It's going to help save lives, reduce crime, and get more criminals off the streets.
1: Well, do you think it will do that? Will it reduce crime? Will it get criminals off the streets just by getting rid of ghost guns or highly regulating them? I don't know. We'll see. And then he followed up with this. Have you heard this bizarre and I, I think unconfirmed story about meeting up with a deer hunter <laughs> here's, here's the story from President
2: Biden again this morning you know it's controversial but I got it done once ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines I was getting criticized when I first passed this law when I was a senator and guess what I was down in southern Delaware do a lot of hunting and fishing down there and I was walking up one of the crick beds, and the guy standing there said, "You want to take my gun?" I said, no, "I don't take your gun." He said, "Well, you're telling me I can't have more than next number of bullets in a in, in in a in my gun." And I said, "What do you think the deer you're hunting are wear Kevlar vests? What the hell you need twenty bullets for? You must be a hell of a terrible shot." No, I'm serious. Think about it.
1: Well, we have thought about it, and really, Mr. President, how many bullets we have? If we own guns is none of your business, my opinion as a gun owner. And then uh, this this was interesting. Uh, The president was about to introduce his nominee. By the way, the nominee for the uh, ATF, the director for ATF, has to be uh, affirmed by the Senate now. So uh, this is President Biden introducing his nominee for the director of ATF alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, but the president confuses it with AFT. AFT, as you probably know, is the American Federation of Teachers. And then the president has some difficulty either recalling or pronouncing his nominee's last name. Let's listen in.
2: Today, to lead and support the dedicated men and women of the AFT, I'm proud to nominate Steve Dittlewood. Dettelbach excuse me I mispronounced your name I just uh, director of bureau, of bureau of alcohol tobacco Firearms and explosives Steve is immensely qualified
1: and uh, he referred to him as Steve for the rest of uh, the conference there because I I assume uh, Dettelbach is very difficult to uh, to pronounce and then finally uh here's another interesting thing <laughs> Steve Dettelbach the nominee for the head of ATF, not the AFT, which are teachers, but the ATF, which are federal agents. Uh, He introduces his family, and he introduces his son. And then President Biden interjects a bizarre statement, and at the end of it, you'll hear kind of a a, a nervous laugh by Dettelbach. Here's how this went down.
3: I also want to thank my incredible, supportive, and often patient family who are here. Uh, My wonderful wife, Carol, uh, and my children, Allie and David, please.
2: He's 16 years old. I want to draft him.
1: (laughs) Uh, 16 years old, I want to draft him. Who do we draft at 16 years old? What are we drafting him for? And it obviously caught Mr. Dettelbach a little bit off guard. And you notice that little uh, nervous laugh there. <clears throat> I would be nervous, too, if the President Biden wanted to draft my 16-year-old son, who is no longer 16, but uh, draft him for what? What, what? what do we draft people at 16? This, <clears throat> this is the problem my friends, and because it's not isolated. Uh, The the issues with the president misspeaking, forgetting things, saying inappropriate things, this has now become part and parcel of his public appearances. This is what's very, very, very troubling I think. And Mr. Dettelbach, what do we know about Steve Dedelbach, Nominee to head up the ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Well, apparently he's a, well, not apparently, he is a former U.S. attorney, uh, career prosecutor, spent 20 years as a prosecutor at the U.S. Department of Justice. Uh, according to the White House, he's received part bipartisan praise and support from law en- enforcement for his work. In 2009 he was the. US attorney for the Northern District of Ohio this is a this is a critical appointment for ATF. A couple of questions for you the the main two main ones number one, do you think ghost guns are the issue today with violent crimes? are ghost guns the issue? Is that the real issue? Number two, what do you know about? Steve Dettelbach. Do you have any background on him? Have you heard about him? Do you know who he is? Our number here 209-551-3483 209-551-3483 and we'll take your calls and your thoughts as the Mike Douglas show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. I'll be back in 3 minutes. <laughs>
0: The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show, the conversation right now centering upon the White House press conference this morning. President Biden and a few others taking aim at ghost guns as uh, the major problem behind people killing other people uh, with guns. And then his announcement of Steve Dettelbach as the uh, nominee for the director of ATF. What do you think about this ghost gun thing? Uh, is, it, is it a valid campaign? to eliminate ghost guns, and, and that's going to solve the violence problems? Uh, I don't know, 209-551-3483. Let's, uh, let's see what Victor from Farmington thinks. Victor, welcome to the show. What are your thoughts?
4: Good afternoon, Pastor. God bless you, and thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, it's got nothing to do with ghost guns. This president is so brain dead, and he, he has no clue what's happening with all that, but his handlers are telling him to pipe up about all this and get this bill passed and get it all through so we can seal a number of those guns, not for protection of the public. If that was the case, we would lock up these people who are doing the shootings and throw away the key. Um, and it's just not, you know, you wouldn't get, let a guy out on bail for the 15th time for $1,000. I mean, then He goes through a parade on Thanksgiving and mows down 50 people and kills six of them. It's not about safety at all. What it's about is dollars and cents in revenue. I guarantee you the second they get this bill passed, the next bill coming out of the pipe that was coming and got held up because the handlers figured out, ooh, wait a minute, there's a bunch of money to make here. Those guns get serialized, and it's it, someone probably told me, hey, there's 50 million of those guns out there, and there's at least that many. But uh, if you can collect revenue and license them, and then – in charge them liability insurance and so on and so on there's billions more dollars in revenue to be made off of serializing those guns and that's what i believe is driving this not 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 saving the public because they're not doing anything to show they're doing that legitimately
1: yeah victor uh, thanks for the call some some good points victor and uh, i i think one of the issues that you bring up to my mind is what are the root causes of the violence it's not not the gun it, it's the people using the tool, and people have been killing other people for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, even before guns were invented. So I agree with you, Victor. It's not hitting uh, the real problem. Let's go back to the phones now, and uh, we'll go to our, our friend uh, Bob DeKlinski. He's a former FBI agent, always has some great insights. Bob, welcome to the program. What, what's your take on this today?
5: Well, thank you for taking the call. Uh, first of all, this is uh, I think just another attempt to sabotage the Second Amendment by uh, Joe Biden. If you look back in time and if you remember the Trojan horse where the Greeks uh, put soldiers in a wooden horse and took it into the city and and uh, they took over the city. Uh, this is just a suffrage. Uh They're using uh, this guy who was a former prosecutor it is as a Trojan horse, and and, uh, they're going to sabotage the Second Amendment. If you look back at his history, uh, he's issued statements and back measures opposing gun rights. He has pushed pushed for the ban against assault rifles, or assault weapons, and he's for universal background. He's even being endorsed by a gun control group called evertown for gun safety what it comes down to if you want to have gun safety you just enforce the laws we already have look at mayor giuliani in new york when he took control of the city and he handled it in a way that he told his police department enforce the laws and there was such a dramatic drop in crime and we need to go back to that letting law enforcement take care of the crime issue and to prosecute those that are involved in any kind of violence, whether it's a gun or knife or anything. And when I was with the FBI, I was not afraid of the citizen who was armed. It was always a bad guy I was after. I never feared a good citizen. And um, it's just one of those things that that another assault on our Second Amendment
1: I uh, love your point, Bob, about the fact, how about let's we in, let's enforce the laws that we already have on the books. And mm-hmm. uh, there's some interesting uh, reactions, by the way, Bob, uh, from Chuck Grassley. I'm sure you know uh, Grassley from Iowa. He's the ranking Republican on the mm-hmm. Senate Judiciary Committee. And he has cited data right. from the ATF and the FBI that indicate that ghost guns were used in less than— Zero point three six percent of homicides between 26 and, uh, 2016 and 2020, and then he said he also said the Justice Department's own statistics show that just seven percent of firearms used in a crime are acquired from legal firearms dealers. And so I think your your metaphor that you've set up of of the Trojan horse is is really apropos here. Bob, I don't really think this is about uh, saving lives. I think it's about, and, and Victor brought up uh, this just before your call. Uh, he he said a lot about dollars. It's about control. It's about politics. Bob, I don't, I didn't hear anything this morning, and I listened to almost the whole thing. I I didn't hear anything about dealing with the people who are committing the crimes and getting tough on prosecution mm-hmm. and following up with the sentences I, I I think you're right I think the focus is in the wrong place.
5: Yes and um, it's just and we I mean, it's been proven in the past when you're tough on crime you get results and this ghost gun thing is just a subterfuge to the whole thing. And even Grassley was giving you the statistics that this is a small portion of the crimes that are committed with those type of guns. It's just another way of trying to get them registered. It's putting the people that sell the guns legitimately in a bind. And those guns itself normally are purchased by and put together by people who want to own the guns legally. There's nothing in the Constitution that keeps you from making a gun. There's nothing on the Constitution that keeps you from doing your own ammo for your own for your own purpose, and it's just another way of trying to get back at the good gun owners as well as the law uh, law-abiding people.
1: Very, very well put, uh, Bob. Let me get your reaction to that very quickly uh, to this statement from President Biden earlier this morning.
2: It's going to sound bizarre. I support the Second Amendment. You have a right. But from the very beginning, the Second Amendment didn't say you can own any gun you want, as big as you want. You couldn't buy a cannon when, in fact, the Second Amendment passed.
1: Does that make any sense to you at all about the cannon?
2: <laughs>
5: no, not at all. And he's just trying to take it uh, everything out of context and put it in as if we're going to be carrying bazookas and machine guns around and stuff like that in the tank. Uh, he's just trying to make this thing bigger than what it is.
1: I, I agree with you. Before we go, uh, we've got about 10, 15 seconds left. Give me your, your statement again about when you were active with the FBI, you weren't afraid of citizens. Would you give me that statement again, please?
5: Yes. I, you know, 26 years as a special agent, I never once ever feared the citizen. It was always the person that was the bad guy, the bad person, the one that was a criminal that we were concerned about. Every citizen has a right to bear and own a weapon, okay, for self-protection, for their family, their property. It's it's in the Constitution, and it should the remain there,
0: and there shouldn't be any assault 8-0-5 on 8-0-5 it. On Thank
1: you, Bob. Appreciate that very much.
0: Local Talk is back in the Valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas show. Mike Douglas here with you, your concierge for conversation as we start the week on this Monday. And yeah, beautiful uh, beautiful right now and the sky is blue a little bit of wind blowing a little bit of rain this morning cleared the air and uh, just a, a beautiful day here in California's Central Valley and thank you for engaging in the conversation here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV our commitment to you to remain live and local to make sure that your voice is heard. As uh, we discuss the issues of the day before we move on from the White House press conference today, by the way, I want to shift gears here in just a second uh, to uh, to a local uh, very interesting story I I just saw pop up. It has to do with uh, uh, Turlock. And Turlock High School, Canceling a High School Musical. And we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. If if you're from the Turlock area, you're familiar with it. Love to hear your take on this. And again, we'll get to that in just a few moments. But I wanted to... uh, uh, Give a few thoughts, offer a few things for you to think about in terms of the White House press conference this morning regarding uh, getting ghost guns off the streets and the nomination of Steve Dettelbach as the uh, director of ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh, Again, number one, I think uh, the, the main issue for me is I did not hear the root issue dealt with. The tools are not the problem here. People have been killing each other since the beginning of recorded time, Cain and Abel back in Genesis. The Violence is is not a tool problem. Uh, Anne writes in uh, this afternoon, very apropos. Anne, one of our our good thinkers out there, Anne says, violence is a heart problem. Amen, Anne absolutely. It's a heart problem. It's not a tool problem. I mean, how have people been killing each other for thousands and thousands of years? How, how did they do that before the advent of guns, which was around the 9th or 10th century in, in China? They used their hands. They used uh, rocks and stones and boulders. They uh, used uh, sharp objects, stabbing, Later on, as uh, swords came into play, beheading. and uh, there are drowning, there are all sorts of way, poison. There are all sorts of way to do away with people. And f- for some reason this morning, it 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 seemed like in the presentation, getting rid of ghost guns will solve the problem. Ghost guns, as as I'm sure you know, are are guns. That, it's like a kit uh, that you put together. And uh, because you put it together and you create it, it has no serial number as such. One of the uh, ideas, not the ideas, one of the proposals that uh, became part of the press conference this morning uh, was something that I'm very opposed to personally. And that is making gun manufacturers the fall guys for all of this. Uh, Here's President Biden from this morning.
2: We need to repeal the liability shield of gun manufacturing and finally hold them accountable for false advertising and many other things they do.
1: What do you mean false advertising and many other things they do? What, what does that mean? Mr. President, what does that mean? I, I find it absolutely unconscionable that we would place the onus of people being murdered and killed on the manufacturers of guns. They're not the ones that are murdering people. Who are? People, as Ann said, with heart problems, with worldview problems. People whose worldview, for whatever reason, be it the way they were brought up, be it uh, be it uh, injuries some kind of trauma they suffered be it mental illness be it a crime of passion you name it it's the person who is the issue and the reasons the motives that that person had for either attempting to or successfully taking the life of another person they are the problem not the tool otherwise We'd be outlawing, outlawing cars, which have been used to kill people. Uh, do we outlaw poisonous things? Do we outlaw sticks and stones, which has been used to kill people? Do we outlaw hands? Maybe we cut everybody's hands off. That way nobody can choke anybody else out anymore. It's, it's absurd. It, it's illogical. And, and we need to call it for what it is. It's, it does not deal with the root issue. And I remember way back in, in the police academy, back in the late 70s, our, our drill instructor and, and his staff made a point to us. That is, that, that little badge that you wear, wear only protects about two square inches, maybe, of your chest. Even if you have arm, body armor on, the rest of your body is at risk. And, and they gave us, and I have remembered, I remember this like the day I heard it. I remember where I was sitting in the classroom when I heard it. They said, if someone is out to kill you, they may likely succeed. The only way to prevent that is to have situational awareness to watch what's going on and to observe what's going on around you and employ the training that we're going to give you. But the reality is if someone, you you take a police officer driving by in his or her car with the window down, are they, can they be a target? Absolutely. Motorcycle officers, officers walking a beat. The reality is there are, Horrible people out there with killing on their mind, and if they're bound and determined to do it, oftentimes they will attempt it. And sadly, sometimes they're successful in that. But it is not the tool that's the problem, it's the individual, is it not? Am I wrong? You think I'm wrong about that? I'd be happy to entertain a a different point of view. If you think that the tool is the issue, that the tool used to take the life of someone else, if you think that is the issue, please call me. I'd like to hear your argument. I'm not I'm not going to debate you on the air. I, you already know my position. But I would like to hear from you your reasons for believing that the tool is at fault and not the person behind the tool. Our number, 209-551-3483. As usual, I will give you grace and I will give you the short airtime we have to to make your case. I uh, I just can't see it. I'm I'm willing to listen, but I just can't see it. So wanted to make uh, those uh, points before uh, we left. And again, I am I'm I'm very much opposed uh, to making the gun manufacturers the the fall people, so to speak, for for all of this. I think that's. That's just absurd, and it doesn't really really deal with the problem. Well, our friends in in Turlock, uh, something interesting happened, apparently, over the weekend. Turlock High School canceled performances of a student musical that was uh, scheduled to run this weekend because of, quote, concerns that the content was too mature for a general audience that includes all age levels. That's according to uh, Turlock Unified School District. Now, the musical was a high school adaptation of a Broadway show called Be More Chill. Have you heard of Be More Chill? Uh, I just quickly looked it up. I don't think it's been on Broadway since 2019. I think it, uh, uh, when did it first hit? Maybe 2015, had maybe a four-year run. It, it, they describe it as a science fiction musical that follows a high school student who takes a pill called a squip, S-Q-U-I-P, and he's hoping that pill will help him become popular. Well, the squip act, pill acts like a supercomputer, apparently, inside his head. It tells him how to act if he wants to be cool. But Like everything else, it has some risks. So he has to choose between the squip and his true self. And it's set in a high school setting. And the teen characters, uh, according to what I've been told, mention sex, masturbation, drinking, smoke and smoking marijuana. And there's also uh, bad words, apparently curses, cursing words uh, used in, in the play. So what do you think? Did Turlock High School do the right thing? 209-551-3483. By the way, one of apparently one of the hit songs from that musical, I just did a quick check and, and checked for are there any memorable songs from that Broadway show? Well, apparently there is one. It's called Michael in the Bathroom. Why it has to be Michael? Yeah, man. Anyway, Michael in the bathroom. And I I listened to it. I watched the, the clip just because I was curious. And there really was nothing wrong with the song, really. It talked about a guy that I, I think it was at the prom, maybe, and he was hiding because he just didn't want to be around people. So he hides out in the bathroom and uh, doesn't come out. I don't know what happened after that, but but anyway, so the hit song, uh, apparently, of Be More Chill is Michael in the Bathroom. And uh, Turlock, uh, Unified School District, said, nope, nope. And they canceled, uh, canceled the, the rest of the show. Uh, mature themes, parental guidance suggested. I think we need to change that phrase, mature audiences only. It has nothing to do with being mature. Does it? I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with being mature. To me, it's immature to listen to a lot of the junk that's uh, that's on social media and on television and in the movies today. To me, it has nothing to do with being mature. To me, mature means having wisdom, growing with wisdom. So I, I think we need to find another. Another way mature audiences only I uh, old audiences only i I don't know what we say uh, but I don't think mature uh, has anything to do with it the only comment b- by the way I would um, I tend to agree given the subject matter with Turlock Unified School District but perhaps for a different reason I don't believe that we ought to glamorize cursing i know what happens look i'm an ex-cop i'm an ex fire chief i've been around cursing been around it i i don't get offended my my ears don't turn red you know it's it is what it is but i don't think we ought to glamorize it and so i would agree with them uh, on that score no pun intended with a high school musical but what what i'm wondering is did no one in the district get a handle on the fact of what be more chill was about and maybe deal with it on the front end that to me would have been the responsible thing what do you think Especially those of you who may be from Turlock. Maybe you have some additional information for us on this. Our number 209-551-3483. Well, I'm gonna chill for three minutes and then we'll be back with the Mike Douglas show right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The
0: Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at three on Power Talk, 1360 KFIV. And
1: welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show, talking about Turlock High School and the Unified School Dis- District. They are canceling uh, the high school produced musical or their ab. At- adaptation thereof of a broadway musical called be more chill i'm curious uh, if you've seen it seen the musical what you think of the decision of the uh, turlock unified school district to cancel uh, the rest of the performances of that particular broadway show put on by the high schoolers area code 209-551-3483 let's go down to turlock uh, to mike mike uh, have you seen the play
6: Yes, I have saw the play. I, I saw it on the first night.
1: So what, what are your thoughts? What, what's your evaluation of it?
6: Well, it's really a shame that, you know, the kids had to work so hard on a play that was completely inappropriate to have at a high school and to be performed by high school kids who are underage. And as well as that, there was kids in the crowd Um, they were there to watch it with their families there's also you know some older grandparents that came to see their kids perform and uh, right out of the gate um, you know the teacher did come up and give a warning that there there might be some dicey language but um, and normally when we go to these plays there are a couple words and here or there that you know that are a little dicey but uh, this one was not only the words it was the context and you know the story and what uh some of the characters were dressed like and just the whole idea of it it was it covered uh right out of the right at the beginning It talked about a kid was singing a song about uh how long it was taking it was taking too long to download his porn that was the opener then mm-hmm. he was referring to the size of his male member during the song um there was a theme where uh the kid was supposed to, he was taking a pill that had a computer chip in it that was going to make him more cool, basically. So it was kind of like, you know, taking a drug, but it was referred to as a computer chip. And uh, once he took this, the a little, another character comes into play where he's telling this guy what to do, but he's not a real person. It's like in this, in his mind. And at one point they were, he's telling the character he needs to have sex with this one girl in order to get an upgrade in his level of popularity, basically to have sex with this other girl that he really wants to have sex with. Mm -hmm. And there was these songs, with a lot of sexual innuendos and the girls were, you know, provocative, really short skirts. And it was just something I was shocked. You would see there, there was also a reference to smoking, uh, getting high in the basement or smoking dope in the basement. There was uh, a line about um, we sure got closer when we took ecstasy at the the, um, school play or or something, referring to ecstasy. So it pretty much encompassed uh, a whole bunch of stuff that you would never expect to be at a high school play. And there was nothing on the ticket that said uh, adult audiences or any warning when the tickets were purchased they 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 claimed that there was warning on the sign and you know but that being said you would never you shouldn't have to worry about anything you go to watch at a high school play you know it's at a high school and it's performed by high schoolers so i don't even know why we're having this issue but i guess what happened was that the the school didn't preapprove the the play and it got it got past them and when they found out what was really in it they Decided to cancel it.
1: Yeah, my. And
6: after they decided, to, after after they decided to cancel, they actually had one more show. I don't know if you heard of that. Where? Oh, okay. Immediate family. Immediate family came to it. Right. For a second showing.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. think. And Mike, yeah, I there, there there was. I so much appreciate you uh, bumping the clock a little bit here, but I so much appreciate yeah. you calling because you had firsthand knowledge. You saw it, and to, to summarize, uh, your your feeling is it was really inappropriate as as a high school play to put on Uh, but the bigger issue if i'm drawing your conclusion here is that it should have been dealt with before they even started rehearsing it Uh, am i am i catching your your theme on that
6: yeah because basically at the end of the day everybody came out upset you know the Mm. people that that didn't like it, the people that liked it, the kids, you know, everyone is at the losing end of it, and it didn't have to happen that way. Exactly.
1: Right. Oh, Mike, thanks for the call. So much appreciated, especially since you were there and, and saw it. Mike from Turlock, great intelligence there. We have good uh, intel coming into the Mike Douglas show here. Very much appreciate that, especially uh, since you saw it firsthand. And apparently, as uh, as Mike was telling us, the it all happened right out of the box. I mean, there, there were these uh, very inappropriate scenes and uh, talking about downloading pornography. And uh, I'll tell you, as, as a pastor, I've dealt with so many people over the past 25 years. Pornography is not something to laugh at. It it destroys people, destroys their marriages, destroys their families, uh, not not something to be trifled with. And, uh, and then to insert that right at the top of a high school play, again, I'm uh, I, 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 tragic, I think it is. And I agree with Mike. I think the issue is that the school authorities ought to have caught this. I don't know who the drama teacher is, but totally inappropriate from the description. And this should have been dealt with on the front end by administrators. They, they I remember when I went to I played in the orchestra for musicals. And I remember the administration talked about what was coming up. They they reviewed the musicals and such before uh, before we got to them. So I uh, I agree think it should have been dealt with and triaged on the front end we'll be back after the top of the hour after uh, news and weather and traffic and we'll continue to talk about gun issues ghost guns and the white house press conference coming up on the mike douglas show on power talk 1360 kfiv
0: the show you love with even more local news and more local reaction, the Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show, hour number two. Mike Douglas here as your concierge for conversation this Monday afternoon in California's Central Valley, right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Earlier today, President Joe Biden uh, held a press conference talking about uh, his desire to take aim at ghost guns as what he portrays as a major issue, why people are getting killed uh, in America. And he also introduced his nominee for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, a man named Steve Dettelbach. Uh, and this very quickly is uh, his really, I think, uh, Joe Biden's summary of what this press conference was about this morning.
2: If somebody sells a ghost gun to a federally licensed dealer, for example, a pawn shop, that dealer must make the firearm and mark it with a serial number before reselling it. All of a sudden, it's no longer a ghost. It has a return address. It's going to help save lives, reduce crime, and get more criminals off the streets.
1: Will it reduce crime and get more criminals off the streets? I have my doubts. Let's find out what you think. Area code 209-551-3483. Area code 209-551-3483. To Modesto we go, and to Lee. Lee, what are your thoughts about this today?
3: Well, um, so, hi, Mike. Um, Yeah, I've had my... uh, concealed carry permit for a while now and and i've been a nra member forever um and i totally agree with your other callers about it uh being a a matter of the heart and not the instrument and all that but (laughs) the bigger picture here is it's it's like i've been hearing this all day you know when i've My earbuds on, and go to work, and just listen. Every time Fox News comes on their radio show, and they've been talking about this, they bring it up, and they bring. And it's like Fox News is not radio news; is not really that much different from like NPR radio news. They, it's like they're all carrying this topic. Okay, so it's like people just need to like start putting on their hat. And whenever anybody comes out, it's all a game, right? All these Democrats do. It's all a head game. It's all a head fake. And this is one more look over there to distract from what's going on over here. If we can tie you up with this, because everybody's emotional about it, you know, all these topics and wedge issues and, you know, abortion, wedge issue, all these types of things, they're they're doing what they want to do, which is to distract you. So that's the bottom line to this. So all the logic of it, which I totally support, um, you know, that's all great. But people just need to start putting on their radar and realizing that this is something much, much bigger. And even even Biden, he's not really the top of the ladder, um, not even close, and nor are the people around him. But, I mean, it's all part of this uh, global public-private partnership, you know, the GPPP, World Economic Forum, and all that kind of stuff. They're all in on this. This is not conspiracy theory. This is fact. You can go online, look it up. They have their, um, their uh, chart uh you know who's at the top of the the food chain and it's the gppp write that down and, and the world economic forum and then down below that you have united nations and IP ipcc world banks who all those people and way down below that you got the presidents of all the countries and they're all jumping on board so anyway <laughs> to make a long story short Keep the radar on because these kind of topics they I mean obviously there are the useful idiots, and we need to talk to them about this and still logic and whatever, but it'll never resolve itself and especially not in California not going to I mean we've got to keep the fight up and all that but this is just keep in mind this is really about that and the the main prize we need to look at is to look at how They're using propaganda. Who gets sucked into all this propaganda? Okay, limited hangouts. That's another one. Everybody should go and look up all the different propaganda techniques. And just as a game, just watch how many propaganda techniques are shoved into every statement that the Democrats are issuing. Because it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, and consider that, like, the youth of this country, they don't have... I was a youth once, and I had no clue about stuff and And even when people tell you you don't really know it until you've lived in this crazy world, and we got to think about getting the smartest of the youths who are uh who have a brain still and and really you know those are the people who need to be uplifted and get a message out to all the other youths who have been indoctrinated because they're going to vote or they are already voting so anyway, that was my two cents.
1: <laughs> and, and a good two cents it was, uh, maybe even two bits for those who remember what two bits are. Day. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> least some good points. I appreciate your uh, your point about misdirection. Uh, I'll use that term. Yeah, uh, I, I agree Thanks with you. Yeah, we're, we're going to do this to grab a lot of attention, and the, and they're playing to their constituents. Right? They're playing to their constituents, and a lot of what we see makes no sense. And this, Lee, I think is why I, uh, I, I don't go off the rails when I hear things like this. I'm disappointed. I react to it. But I do understand that this is all part of a bigger picture, as, as you put it. And, yeah. and it is. And it is an international effort. Uh, the ESG scores and uh, yeah, you know the the exactly. international uh, you know, the, the modern Monetary Fund, uh, all of this fits mm-hmm. into a grander mosaic. And I think the problem, Lee, yeah. is is people get caught up in the moment of the thing that irritates them the most. Uh, and and it, everything else kind of kind of vanishes. But uh, I, I appreciate your point about keeping the big picture, in mind, and then connecting the dots. And uh, amen to your thought, uh, by the way, or your statement about getting to our children, uh, getting to them before their minds get rewired uh, by weird high school musicals and the 1619 Project. (laughs) And, you know, so, yeah, so many different things. Uh, and and so yeah, right right on the money. And I, in fact, I, I jotted down a, a note here, Lee, because uh, I think it's a, it's a sage piece of advice for us to to keep the big picture in mind and realize that a lot of things, as Bob put it uh, last hour, that. Some of these are Trojan horses, and we just need to keep an eye on on the bigger yeah. picture and what's happening. Lee, thanks for the call. Great, great call. Great points. Appreciate that. Lee from Modesto. Uh, great thoughts. Great thoughts there. I, uh, again, come back to the point that when we hear these attacks on ghost guns, when we hear these attacks upon the manufacturers of guns and such, uh, they, it is illogical And you may wonder, well, why are they being so illogical? Lee just provided us with the answer there. It's all part of a bigger picture. Just connect the dots. Uh, and, And you have to do that. I cannot do that for you. I can provide you with information. I can give you different things to look at. But ultimately, it is up to us individually to begin to intellectually connect the dots and then arrive at, because we've been gifted with synapses and neurons and such that all interconnect in our heads. We've been given the blessing in the animal kingdom of being rational, of being able to reason. And I I think, unfortunately, today that's being diluted, Last. word on this unless you have a final one too at 209-551-3483 I remember back in in journalism school that and and I'm I'm going to approach this very carefully because I think it's a double-edged sword in journalism school especially in print from the very beginning from journalism 101 on we were taught aim to write for what was then a 7th grade mentality. So that any 7th grader, now I think the acumen of 7th graders back in the 19, late 1970s when I was going through journalism school, I think probably 7th graders at that time were probably testing higher than many are today, and that's not because of the seventh graders, that's because of our educational system in general. But when I initially heard that, write for the seventh grader, I understood that from the perspective of there are going to be many different kinds of readers who are going to read your articles, and you have to write at a level that most of them can comprehend. I get that. Got it understand that. And to a certain degree, even in voice communication here on radio, we, we have to make things understandable. I have heard other radio hosts get so complex that they lose people. And be, because it's very hard to, uh, to unpack very deep and complex issues on the radio. Uh, it is an art form. And it's something I think that those of us in radio hone all the time. We we strive to get better and better at it, and hopefully we are we are getting better. So on the one hand, I understand that admonition, right for the seventh grader, so that anybody, pretty much anybody, can read your piece and and comprehend it. That I understand. The flip side of that, the double-edged sword part of that, is I think journalism has contributed to the dumbing down. And don't get offended by the word. I'm not using that to be offensive. But journalism has greatly contributed over the past 40, 50 years to the dumbing down of America. One, journalism has encouraged us not to check other sources anymore. Take our word for it. We are the truth. No, not going to take your word for it. And journalism has become so tainted with what I can describe as an unending spin cycle. <laughs> Think about your your washing machine. Normally, most of them, if they're working properly, have a spin cycle, right? We are in a an unending spin cycle, a merry-go-round that never stops. And that spin cycle extends from the White House down to school boards and city councils, it's pervasive. And the educational system has contributed to that spin cycle. And we have to be able to step back. And again, I will, I will say this, and I underscore this, and I'm being as serious and as perfunctory as I can. I don't expect you to take what I say as the gospel truth. You go check it out. That's scriptural check it out. Research. And, and if you feel that I'm in error, you let me know. And some of you have from time to time, and I appreciate that. Other times it's just a matter of we have to agree to disagree. Nothing wrong with that. That's all about the marketplace of ideas and freedom of the press in the United States of America. So I I understand why people are drawn into this vortex of an unending spin cycle, and after a while they succumb. We can all succumb to the misdirection that's happening. We can become so overcome by the one issue that we're not watching to the left, to the right, to the top, to the bottom, sideways, we're not watching for what's happening elsewhere and realizing as uh, as lee put it a couple of minutes ago we're being distracted on purpose there's misdirection going on all the time and it's our responsibility as an intelligent human being our responsibilities as an intelligent human beings to research check things out and i always try to find at least 3 sources before I come to say, yeah, I, I think this is right, and I don't care who the sources are, whether it's Fox News or the New York Times or the L.A. Times, or the Modesto B, the Stockton Record, you name it, don't care what source it is, I want to make sure that the information is verifiable, and at least I can find a source somewhere else that will verify it. That's all, pro- that's all the process of you and me being good citizens. All right, we'll continue. With uh, more thoughts. Uh, interesting uh, policy about a bill to remove the homeless from river areas. This is interesting. We'll talk about that in three minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. <laughs> It's today's conversation for Stockton, Modesto, and beyond. beyond. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation, as we provide you. Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m., with the opportunity to be live and local to make your voice known on the many issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Again, our thanks to iHeartMedia for providing us this room two hours a day, weekdays, here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. It has an interesting uh, bill that is being proposed up in Sacramento. I want to get your take on it. This is interesting. This is a a bill that's scheduled for a public hearing on April 26, and it would let local governments remove homeless people from special parklands. And that's a category defined as as parklands, open spaces, and natural preserves that have a heightened risk of damage from wildfire or other significant environmental degradation. Uh, due to, uh, quote, unique and valuable environmental, agricultural, scientific, educational, and recreational resources. And that would include the American River Parkway uh, in the state, including river trails in San Diego and and Los Angeles. Now, what's interesting is what this follows. Uh, Not too long ago, The body of a 20-year-old woman was found close to a homeless encampment along uh, the American River. Emma Rourke uh, vanished after a walk about noon on January 27 along the American River Parkway. And those of you who uh, are familiar with it, it's uh, a little over a 30-mile paved pedestrian trail, runs along the river, and connects various parks between Sacramento and Folsom. Tons of people use the parkway every year, but it's become also a popular spot for the homeless people to camp. Well, authorities later found Emma Rourke's 20-year-old body in a secluded area not far from a homeless encampment. Investigators arrested a 37-year-old homeless man, charged him with murder and rape in what the Sacramento County Sheriff's Department described as, quote, a brutal sexual assault and homicide. And so we have this bill now that would allow authorities to remove the homeless from public parkways like that along the river. Now, Bob Erlenbush is the director of the Sacramento Regional Coalition to End Homelessness. And he says, uh, well, it'd be great to have $50 million in funding for homeless governments to spend on healthier housing options. Uh, but he says, where do the people go? Just another way to continually criminalize people experiencing homelessness without any real alternatives. And so uh, this, is, this is an interesting thought. Uh, how do you feel about this? Do you feel that this is... An effective and ethical way to deal with the problem. Again, the bill would allow authorities to remove homeless people from special parklands, which uh, are part of uh, a public rights of way, uh, state park system, and such. What do you think? 209 551 3483. 209 551 3483. Now, up in Sacramento, uh, Sacramento, voters are going to have a proposition, apparently, uh, a ballot measure that would make homeless encampments on public property illegal, and it would force the city to have enough shelter beds for 60% of the homeless population. A lot of reactions to that. Um, Some say they oppose this because it would violate people's civil rights, Others say, look, we're we're having a a huge health and safety problem as well as a a violence problem. Uh, Let's see, Jim Cooper. He's uh, with California Assembly. You remember, I'm I'm sure if you're from the Sacramento area, you know Jim Cooper. Uh, He's a Democrat from Elk Grove. He's also running for Sacramento County Sheriff. He says someone has to be the adult in the room and make adult decisions that haven't been made until now. It takes Courage, and uh, and so I'm thinking about how this might apply to our area where we here uh, we are. I'm thinking about the the Tuolumne River, and uh, and whether it uh, would it would affect people there. So, what do you think? Is it a valid way of dealing with uh, the public safety issue of homeless encampments along public parkways, along rivers? Our number here, 209-551-3483. We'll continue with that conversation as well as the state is out to try to convince you to have your five-year-olds and up vaccinated. What do you think? I'll tell you about that proposal coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll be right back.
0: The Mike Douglas Show now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Local talk is back in the valley with KFIV's Mike Douglas. Weekdays hit three on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And Mike Douglas here. Welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Again, thanks for joining us. Just uh, one of the highlights of my day to spend time with you from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been talking about a proposal. A bill, apparently, that's uh, going to be brought uh, before the legislature in, in, uh, in Sacramento to uh, allow authorities to remove homeless encampments in uh, special parklands. And they cite, uh, in what I have seen, they, they cite the case of uh, the American River Parkway, where a 20 year old woman was uh, apparently brutally uh, raped and murdered. Uh, near a homeless encampment, and a 37-year-old homeless man was charged with the uh, with the crime, with the sexual assault and the crime. Uh, one of our listeners, May, also uh, checked in with us and said that uh, she is often uh, driven uh, around the levees or adjacent to the levees on her way to various places that that she commutes to for work. And she says one of the issues she's seen is that some of these homeless encampments, at least up in the Sacramento area where the levees are, are damaging the levees themselves. Of course, then you get into issues uh, of uh, possible flooding issues when those levees break down. Apparently, uh, they dig right in uh, to the sides of the levees. So this, uh, this is a... Uh, not a simple issue, not a simple answer, uh, but I'm I'm interested in that particular solution to remove the homeless encamp- encampments from those public areas. What do you think? Good move, good solution. Area code two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Another thing that they're up to in Sacramento is the Cal- California Department of Public Health is going to join arms with community partners here in the not-too-distant future, and they want to increase vaccination for youth ages 5 and up. And They're going to have a very uh, focused campaign from April 11 to June 5th. They say the state's going to increase its ongoing youth vaccination efforts by pairing vaccination opportunities with fun activities for children and their families. And meet them where they are. Nine-week series of events California is going to hold, and they say it's going to focus on bringing free vaccinations and vaccine education for children and families into their communities. Events will be held after school program after school pro after after school programs. I'll get that Uh, there, libraries, local parks, and other recreational areas. So, and also they're going to be uh, involving pediatric medical partners as well. And this is from the state. They say vaccines are free for everyone and are the safest way to protect against the most serious outcomes from COVID-19, including severe illness, hospitalization, death, and long COVID. Do you have a child age five or up into the teen world or a grandchild, great grandchild, nephew, nieces? How do you feel about that? Do you think the State Department of Public Health should be targeting uh, these youths with this vaccination effort? From what I understand, that age group especially is probably one of, if not the lowest risk, I believe I'm right there, at contracting COVID, or at least if they contract COVID, on not experiencing detrimental effects from it. I am just very wary of getting on this bandwagon of vaccinating children five and up. Do we really know? In a longitudinal study, we don't because we're only we've only been at this for a very short time. Do we really know over time what may be the unintended consequences of this of these vaccines in children? What what age group is at most risk? I'm watching for. Ha- I see a lot of hands going up. Yes, many of you know that. It's the older side of the age spectrum, you know, yeah, late fifties, but certainly 65 on up, certainly people in their late seventies and eighties at tremendous risk of serious effects from, if not uh, death or at least comorbidities from COVID-19 COVID-19 being a contributing factor in some cases, in many cases. But we don't know about children. And I'll give you an experience from our family where a young lady received a vaccine, Moderna, and lost her sight for about 10 minutes. Now, you think that I'm going to encourage this person to get a booster? Not on your life or her life either. And so this is my concern. We haven't been able to see the long-term effects of this yet. We just haven't had time for that longitudinal study. And I, um, I think there's enough pushback from other medical sources to say, hold on here. This emphasis on children is just not uh, just not appropriate. Uh, what do you think? If you have uh, a so a child in that age group, five and up, or in your extended family, how do you feel about that? Do you want them vaccinated? Uh, I can see the California Department of uh, Public Health saying we'll make it available, but this sounds more to me like it's a push to convince. There's a word education in this uh, press release from the uh, CDH- CDPH will bring free vaccinations and vaccine education for children's and families into their community. I don't know, I'm very wary, very wary of this. I'm very wary of this push to vaccinate children who are really at the at the lowest risk. And and we've also seen the uh, detrimental effects from the way we've handled this in uh, in our schools as well. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm very wary of, of this push. And uh, we've been talking as well about the homeless, removing homeless encampments along uh, parkways, public parkways. Getting your thoughts on that at 209-551-3483. Let's go to Nick from Modesto. Nick, what are your thoughts about this proposal in Sacramento about homeless encampments?
7: Well, I have not seen the proposal. I just caught the tail end of what you were saying, <clears throat> but uh, you know the the, the issue with uh, homelessness is you know is the elephant the, <clears throat> is the is the elephant in the room, and um, I don't know. I know it's a complicated topic. Uh, it, it needs to be dealt with holistically, um, but you know we need to hold people accountable i mean you know we have our neighborhood parks um and the neighborhood parks were designed for neighborhood families to enjoy those parks with their family and not for those tweakers that are out there shooting up uh you know drugs and laying out you know a camp on public pro- on public uh parks like that so I don't know that much about the proposal. where can we get a copy of that proposal?
1: You know, Nick, I don't know that it's in print yet. Uh, it is going to have a public hearing on April twenty sixth. Uh, I will research that and see if we can uh, we can find a copy, maybe, of the actual language that they're looking at. It's not on the floor yet. Uh, obviously, they're they're still taking public. Uh, comment on it but we'll we'll do our best to try to find out if we can find out what the proposed language is all i've got is uh is a press release here uh, about you know some of the general details but uh, thank you uh for that and, and nick we'll look that up see if we can get some particulars for you down the road here a piece and in the not too distant future All right, Nick from Modesto, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, your call. I, again, I, I think there's, uh, is it an ethical issue? I think it's more of a public safety issue. And how can we be wise and, and do things that uh, will benefit those who are homeless and really uh, address the root causes and balance that with the public health and safety issue? Uh, it's, a, it, it, it's a sticky wicket. Definitely is. And we'll look into this, see if we can get a, a proposed bill number or at least a, uh, some language from this uh, proposal that's up in, in uh, Sacramento as well. Care Court. Care Court. Community Assistance, Recovery, and Empowerment. Uh, that has been something that Governor Newsom has been promoting. And there's a bill. We do have a bill number on this. There is a bill up in uh, Sacramento right now authored by Senators Thomas Umberg, uh, a Democrat from Santa Ana, and Susan talamentes Segman, a Democrat from Stockton, that would enact the uh, CARE Act, Community Assistance, Recovery, and Empowerment Act. The bill would authorize apparently specified people to petition a civil court to create a plan and implement services including behavioral health care, stabilization medicine, and housing support for adults on what they call the schizophrenia spectrum or who have psychotic disorders and who lack decision-making capacity. That's according to the legislative council's digest, so part of the care court is to provide resources. Here's my concern, however. here's my concern uh how do we protect those who maybe aren't mentally ill who maybe are being targeted by ex-spouses or people they—do you see what I'm saying? People they don't like. I'm, I'm concerned about the abuse of this particular bill. Are we forcing people into conservatorship? We just saw the nightmare right? with, uh, with that, with uh, one of our female celebrities. So I'm I'm not uh, I'm not sure I'm I'm totally behind this. I like the thinking behind it in terms of let's find some answers. I'm not not i I'm, I'm just very wary of what's not stated in this bill. And, and our, our, our streets, as our producer reminds us, are filled with derelicts and junkies and, and uh, people that are mentally ill, and, and they need to be dealt with in, in healthy ways, ways that actually solve problems. The question is, is it forcing them into facilities? Is it forcing them into conservatorship? And here's my question, who decides that? Can that be abused? Can someone who is out to get someone else make a case that they're unable to take care of themselves? They lack decision making capacity. You see, I'm I'm always concerned about the unintended consequences. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes. 209-551-3483, as the Mike Douglas show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
0: The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Father, preacher, friend. It's the conversation you've missed. The Mike Douglas Show. Weekdays at 3 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV.
1: And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. A uh, reminder uh, we got from Nick to see if we could find a bill number on this uh, bill to remove the homeless from uh, pu- public park lands and river areas. And uh, our uh, excellent production staff here, producer Mike, producer Brenda, they're, they're on the ball. And uh, they found it. Uh, the text is in AB2633, Protection of Parklands. AB2633 is the bill number if you want to look it up. And uh, so thank you, Nick, for that reminder. Again, it's AB2633. We've also been talking about uh, the California Department of Public Health getting on the bandwagon. They're going to go out into the byways of California and convince uh, parents and their children to get vaccines. I want to get your thoughts on that, 209-551-3483. Let's uh, go up the uh, road a piece to Ripon. And, Teresa, what do you think about kids and, and vaccines at that age?
8: well um thank you for uh, taking my call um you know this this vaccine has a lot of um uh, unknowns and 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 there's a person who's he's an attorney he's uh working with the military and he has a good group there because they were all required to take the shots he's finding out that the miscarriages up are 279 percent female infertility 471 in percent increase male infertility 344 percent increase Uh, birth birth defects, 156% increase, hypertension or high blood pressure, 2,281% increase, diseases of the nervous system, 1,048% increase, Uh, pulmonary embolisms, 467% increase, and cancer, 296% increase. Now, those percent sound, you know, like it's not much, but in reality, like you talk about the miscarriages, there used to be maybe... 1400 a year but now there's over 4000. So to, to give it to little children is unconscionable because they they you know those little guys they don't need it. They do not need it. They're they're finding out all these problems and it's you know it's really a little bit diabolical to give it to little children.
1: Teresa, thank you. Do you have uh, interesting statistics there? Do you have a source for that that we could look at by any chance?
8: Yes, uh, actually, it comes from. Um, it was on LifeSite News, but the person who, if you look it up, he's uh, his he's a Ohio-based attorney, Thomas Rents, and he, you know, got this data from the actually from the uh, the medical uh, sources at the. Um, Department of Defense.
1: Thomas Rents is that like in paying your rent, rent on yeah. TS?
8: Rent okay. R E N Z.
1: I'm sorry, R E N Z. Thank you for the clarification, Thomas. Yes. R-E-N-Z. So he's
8: he's trying to file a lawsuit because, you know, these poor guys were forced to have this vaccine and now they have all these repercussions and, you know, the cancer thing is really bad because it's it's uh destroying the person's immunity to go to fight the cancer cells and these cancer is really getting aggressive. You know, it just doesn't have any, I mean, this needs to be investigated very clearly because people's lives are being affected immensely.
1: Absolutely. Teresa, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Appreciate that. And we'll follow up on uh, the statistics here from Thomas Renz, R-E-N-Z. Teresa, thank you much, so much for the call. Uh, heading up to the end of the hour here, let's go very quickly uh, to Kevin from Modesto. Uh, Kevin, it's all yours as uh, we go back to talking about firearms and ghost guns and such. What are, what are your thoughts today, Kevin?
9: Yeah, Yeah, Mike, I just have a quick comment about Biden's comment that he made to that 16-year-old kid. I wish I could draft you, and I just wanted to say that, you know, uh, we only have the military draft in times of a war. So I think that comment was very telling. And, uh, yeah, it probably was a Freudian slip, and it was very telling of what may be coming. And you take a look at the uh, fact that we are involved in these war games now in Poland, uh, with NATO, that is a very telling statement that he made to that kid. And what does that foretell of what is coming? So, and it could have also been a coded message to Putin, to Putin, uh, uh, telling him that uh, uh, something is coming. So uh, that that was not some innocent uh, little slip that uh, <laughs> that could have that could have been a very coded message. That's all I, all I wanted to say.
1: That, that's fascinating, Kevin. Uh, so, uh, Kevin, thanks for the call. Appreciate that very much. Uh, Kevin saying he doesn't think that was just a slip up by the president. Saying I'd like to draft that 16-year-old, uh, the son of the man he's uh, proposing to be the new director of ATF. Kevin saying that that may foretell what's happening uh, in uh, in Europe and our involvement there. Wow, deep thinking, Kevin. Thanks for the thanks for the thought. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow, right here at 3 o'clock on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Trevor Carey coming up.